0: Welcome to Hot Plate, a post foodie podcast. I'm your host, Mirella Amato. Today on Hot Plate tips and tricks to keep a functional kitchen, make natural home cleaners, spark joy, and keep booze. Hi, Joshna. Hey, Mirella, how are you? I'm feeling good. Guess what? This is episode 30 episode we've done this 30 times this is amazing the big 3-0
1: uh it's really exciting it's been fun though it has been fun and thank you sweet listeners who have been around from the beginning uh you've listened to 30 episodes that's amazing we appreciate you absolutely so how you been uh pretty good i find week i'm into week six of my own isolation here it's Mm. a little up and down but listen. Mostly cheerful. I was in a recording studio recording my audio book today. And how'd it go? Uh, it was great. The book is done. The last thing I did was read out all of the the sources for all the quotes and stuff that I pulled. So it was this very tedious, Ooh. comma slash forward slash back, like that kind of hilarity. Like
0: the precise, precise. So that somebody visually source?
1: impaired, yeah, could type in a URL.
0: Oh my goodness! I oh was now. supposed to spin some Full tongue detail. twisters. Indeed. <laughs>
1: Indeed. How are you? What's happening?
0: I'm fine. I have to give a shout out to my mom. Yeah? Tell me why. Well, you know how I've been craving pizza for weeks yes, now of course
1: I've been thinking about you and your pizza well yes.
0: she listens to the podcast apparently oh. because a few days ago she had she made a pizza and she had my father deliver it oh my god that to the front the sweetest porch thing. I know oh mama Yay. I may or may not have burst into tears
1: oh that is the loveliest yeah. thing I, I like oh. the sweetness from your mama at a relative you know can be a fragile moment and that you got your pizza I love that
0: Yes, very satisfying.
1: Awesome. So
0: we're doing something a little different today. Uh, We're going to do a feature episode all on one topic. Instead of Mm -hmm. our usual range of topics on food and drink and hospitality, we're going to focus entirely on spring cleaning the kitchen. Woo! And let me ask you this, Joshna. How often do you clean your kitchen? I clean my kitchen,
1: uh, I would say, probably once a season. Okay, okay. Yes, that's probably safe to say. Once a season, uh, but but really, that that is not me pulling the stove out or anything like that. That is white cupboard, you know, wiping down, much like what we're gonna deal with here. But once a season, because I can really mess up a kitchen.
0: My cleaning is quite sporadic, and okay. there are definitely areas that uh, I just leave them as is. Certain yeah. cupboards that I don't get to very often, I'm just like. Eh. It's not going to hurt anyone if they stay the right. way they are. Uh, and I was thinking about, it, I think the last time I did a thorough, thorough clean of the entire kitchen. It has to have been more than five years ago.
1: Okay. Um, so then, and so then taking this on, how are you feeling? How are you feeling about taking on a mega clean?
0: Right. So in preparing for this segment, I, I really did feel like. I need to know what it feels like to do an actual complete clean not in patch jobs okay but I must admit I was really apprehensive and quite overwhelmed yes Uh, I did find that list online which I shared with Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. and I followed that list and I have to say I don't know what it is about just having a list and checking Mm -hmm. things off it uh, makes it a lot more approachable and having it's like someone's holding your
1: hand a little bit yeah yes
0: yes uh, and I have to say the the order of the list was really good, so I'll, I'll talk you through it. Okay. Okay. Let's have it. The first step is actually, <laughs> I was quite amused by it just to clear everything that doesn't belong in the kitchen.
1: What a thing. Imagine, and, uh, it.
0: yeah. yeah, it's surprising how many things that don't belong obvious, in the kitchen <laughs> exactly. wind up in the kitchen. Exactly. Um, but then, uh, you do a little quick surface clean and then start organizing your pantry and your baking cupboard. Okay. Okay. And uh, I must say, I was really surprised. I thought I was going to throw out a bunch of food. I thought it was going to be okay, just okay. nasty surprises hidden in the. I mentioned right. those cupboards that I have. You know, I really don't right, touch right, the ones ever. you leave. Yes. But the only thing I really had to get rid of was something I knew was there. Which was a box of penis pasta
1: that I was
0: gifted, I believe, in my teens.
1: Oh, God bless it. To put it
0: into perspective, the expiry date on the box was 1997. (laughs) This pasta has moved with me uh, at least twice. And, you know, is there ever really a good occasion to bust out pasta that is shaped like little penises?
1: A bachelorette party.
0: Right. Yes. I went hunting
1: it down and it was one of my good food pals. And so the most hilarious thing is that it was this garbage pasta... Right, that I think even the box says like "do not consume for novelty purposes only" or something hilarious like that. But then she had like this lamb ragu from the farm just down the way and fresh spring <laughs> pea. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was so, locally we were sourced, laughing and laughing. exactly. <laughs> All of our That's sustainable hilarious. blah 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 with this like hilarious machine made penis shaped pasta.
0: So this uh, is the one thing that I knew I was going to throw out, but okay. In the end, I ended up deciding against. And I just cooked it and ate nice. it instead. I
1: figured how oh bad that, um, that, can pasta get? Uh, and are you really going to put that in a donation bin to send it off to somebody? <laughs> well, not. it
0: expired <laughs> in 97. So right. exactly. th- that would just be uh, cruel. But I, you know, it did taste a little bit dusty, but like you, I made a, a lovely, rich sauce. Yeah. I grabbed a can of tomatoes that was just about to expire, threw in a bunch of nice. veggies and It was a very satisfying snack and I guess a very satisfying occasion to tuck into that That penis pasta in the middle of my clean. (laughs) (laughs) So I finished my lunch and that gave me the energy to dive into the last piece of the pantry, which is the piece I was dreading the most of the entire kitchen clean. And I have been dreading it since we talked about it in the sugar water purple episode, the cleaning the spice drawer. I've been thinking I need to do this. I need to do this. And here I was. All right. Doing my full kitchen clean. Have to tackle it. Um, and just so you have a little bit of background, because in that episode, you explained how your spices are organized, right which ass. makes a lot of sense. Thanks. My spices yes. are organized in three places. There's the spices that I use daily, which are out. OK. And then I have spices that I use less often that are in another area. And then I have Got it. backups. Backups. Yep. That are in a third area, the, re- what the rest of what was in the bag, or uh, yep. in the case of like black peppercorns, I have a few backups in there. And somehow over the years, it's all gotten jumbled, and I just knew I was going to be facing various containers of the same thing yes. that I had to... Decide whether to combine, whether to throw out. I also found a number of things that I literally didn't know what they were. They weren't labeled and even tasting them. I couldn't tell.
1: I'm sure because they're probably pretty flat and impotent at this point. Right. Right.
0: So I was really happy to have that information from that sugar, water, purple episode that the spices do go bad after eight months. So I was really able to throw out a lot, make executive decisions. And once it was done... I felt really good about it, but it was nice. it was a huge undertaking. Yes, just a there's a lot of spices, and how do you decide what to keep, what to let go of? Uh-huh. You know, things I don't use so often. Oh, it was, uh, and just for context, I have I have mm-hmm. trouble throwing things out that I know I can use. Okay, okay. I think the letting go is a is a difficult piece of cleaning, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Definitely, and to, and to really confront the things that you have just left right even though you may have had different intentions it has happened this is now dead and dusty and it's time to say goodbye
0: yeah and you never got around to using it even though you planned to so from there with that done I was able to move on to the next chunk which was the storage cupboards and the drawers okay and this led to the biggest surprise of the day for me which is that although I didn't throw out a lot of food I threw out Tons of gadgets.
1: Oh, tell me more.
0: Taking a step back, I can see that the things that I threw out were mostly single use, very specific things. So I had this gadget that's an avocado slicer that has a pitting fork on one end and a slicer on the other end. I'm familiar with this. I had this uh, cheese grater. That I had purchased specifically for Parmesan. So it was a grater that fed into a container. And my idea, because I eat a lot of Parmesan on everything, yep. was to that I would always have Parmesan grated in, in there and that it would be... Oh, that's a nice uh, thing. Separate okay. from my graters that are actually the graters that I use on a daily basis. Right. And for my right. Parmesan. Um, there were a few things that I'd kept from our weird widget episodes, like the okay. citrus peeler. I had some specialized ice trays. Uh And that there were some gadgets that I wasn't able to get rid of, notably lobster crackers. Sure. I've only cooked lobster once, but I'm just not ready to like, I think I'm going to cook lobster again. Yeah, well, there's an aspirational element there, sure.
1: Uh, That's awesome. And how did it feel to let go of all that stuff and to look at the emptier drawer, the emptier whatever the container on your counter is, whatever you've got?
0: Well, I I think a combination of feelings feeling a little bit silly for buying those things um I really honestly thought they would be useful at the time I don't think it's even fair to say I grew out of them I just they're just yeah i maybe used them once or twice and then went back to my everyday tools that I always use right well
1: and that's a really important piece because I really think that people that kitchens need to be set up for the way that you cook and just like, I feel like just like your clothes in your closet, if you were doing a clean out of your gadgets and you found a gadget that you haven't touched and all four seasons have passed, right. that thing is not in.
0: Yep. So with that done, I cleaned the fridge, which, you know, that involved throwing out food, but that involved throwing out food that... I, know, I knew was in there, you know. You know those jars that you have and you reach yes. out to pick it up and you see it's expired. And Yes. you could throw it out and clean the jar and put it in the recycling. Or you could mm-hmm. just put it back in the fridge. Yeah. And get it back to what space. you were doing. Precisely. <laughs> you don't uh, have to bend that far down again. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, that was satisfying to get rid okay. of all those. And then, you know, just clean the appliances, cleaned all the surfaces, cleaned the floor. Okay. I did pull out everything and clean oh you
1: did it oh good yeah for yeah you. And everything got all the done crusty stuff you did it good mm-hmm. for you
0: and uh then it was done
1: that's amazing when okay so when that happens when I do a mega clean like that I like to stand in the middle of it and just revel right and just revel in all of my hard work
0: it was intense I mean oh. it took me 10 and a half hours from beginning Love to finish that. I would say to anyone contemplating this, definitely do it in one shot. Take a day and do it in one shot. Because what I learned about doing it in one shot is that you find it, uh, I found it a lot easier to let go of things and to make decisions because there's no ability to shuffle something around to another space. I'm either putting it to into a space that I'm going to clean later, or I'm putting it into a space that I just cleaned and is looking great. Right. So right. that's really, helpful. That's a yeah. really good tip. It uh, really, really encouraged the purge. And the other thing I would say is for sure, put on some music, stay energized.
1: Oh my goodness. Yes.
0: Cause uh, that is a
1: key. I feel like they're, they're even cleaning your kitchen playlists for this very purpose, <laughs> right? I, yes.
0: It just definitely. flew by and I think once I got into the groove, it just felt better and better and better. Something
1: I was thinking about when you were talking about this was that there are things that I understand about sorting, like organizing a kitchen by virtue of the fact that I'm a chef that maybe regular everyday home cooks are not really that connected to. And the one thing that really struck me was the idea of the triangle. Is that familiar to you? No. Okay, so for optimal uh efficiency and sort of time spent in the kitchen the idea is that there should not be too many steps between your work surface your cooking surface and the sink what wait what about the fridge no fridge is not included it doesn't in this. That enter is, the equation you don't need to as regularly consult the fridge right ideally okay, the fridge so is okay like, so you tend to you pull out to cook,
0: everything pull it all out
1: okay and then while you're actively cooking, it is about movement between, between working three. surface, yep. cooking surface, and your sink. Mm-hmm. And so in my kitchen, it's two steps, right? I could probably stand in the center and access all three at one time. But the that little bit of organization completely changes your experience in the kitchen because when you have to keep when your sink is way, you know what I mean? And when, when the sink is out of reach and you keep have to running over there, then there's more things that drip on the floor and it's irritating. As
0: I was researching this episode, I became really aware that my kitchen is organized to how I function and yes. how I use things. Yes. And, you know, my spices are actually not in a pantry. They're in what's supposed to be a cutlery drawer because that's just the most convenient right. place for me. And... I think it's really important for someone who uses a kitchen often to make it their own. I have another question for you. Yes. I haven't been. What does your kitchen look like? Because in my mind, I'm imagining this super organized, pristine space.
1: Right. Uh, It is not super organized. There is some organization, mostly that exists in the spice cupboard, Mm -hmm. because there's so many things in there. Keeping them all organized is key. Uh, but my kitchen definitely looks like it is used. It's not that it's dirty, but it is like you can tell that this is an active, busy space. And as is perhaps not a surprise, there are lots of like little pictures and cute sayings and nonsense things for a laugh. And, you know, there's lots of that around. It's, it's very me, the space. That is for sure. Uh, and you clearly are going to have to come.
0: Up uh, I will accept that offer <laughs> as soon as this isolation nonsense yes. is done. You're on the list. We discovered something interesting in preparing for this segment.
1: We did. Which is that
0: we both make our own house cleaners.
1: I know. Perhaps not a surprise, but also delightful to discover.
0: What motivated you to start making your own?
1: I really um, started thinking a lot about what was going down the drain. Shampoo to soap to cleaning products, right? As I really started becoming mindful about it. Uh, And then realizing that there's a host of beautiful wisdom Uh, about using uh, botanical and and food-based ingredients to clean your kitchen, right? And that, obviously, that is singing my song. Uh, So I dove in there once I discovered what you could do. Um, I have a friend who's gone deep on essential oil therapy Mm -hmm. in her life. She's super into it. And she introduced me to this, uh, this Four Thieves idea. You heard about the Four Thieves? No. Right, so listen to this dreamy story. The idea comes from the time of the Black Plague, Mm-hmm. right and there were these these thieves who essentially robbed graves right as people would die from the plague they would rob these graves for jewelry gold teeth that sort of thing
0: as one does yeah
1: as you do in
0: a time but of plague. they
1: made a concoction using botanical things uh, essential oils or actual like some sort of tincture mm-hmm. of these botanical ingredients and they would put that all over their hands so they could actually dive into these graves without getting the plague itself
0: okay right? so it's and this, potent this was,
1: it's potent and it was effective right it was an effective strategy that's to, a uh, fun to, story to, to, to protect them i thought so too uh, so, so what's now, in there so now i have this jar on my counter and it's mm-hmm. apple cider vinegar mm-hmm. there is fresh oregano rosemary thyme and sage in there uh and then there's four cloves of smash four smashed cloves of garlic some peppercorns uh, some whole cloves and um, probably about two oranges worth of peel.
0: That sounds like something I would drink. It is. Well, it is. It could be
1: one of these sort of like fire tonic things. You can take a little shot of this to ward off, you know, at the early stages what? of a Yeah. It's oh. one of those like you can dilute it for sprays. Uh, I have a recipe that says if I had a bit of rubbing alcohol, it can be a window cleaner very effectively Oh, um, it's exactly. It's I think very exciting.
0: One of my favorite things about homemade cleaning products is the fact that they're so multi-purpose. Yes. And, I love uh, that. Just
1: add a little bit of this to do this or a little, you know, add some baking soda and dish soap. And then I have a solid degreaser that will really, you know, deal with my nasty stove. Uh, I'm really into it. And I have this like jungle juice looking jar on the counter, which makes me feel nice.
0: I also also have something on the counter. Tell me. And mine is fermenting. So uh, I am delving into bioenzymatic cleaning. And the idea here is to use enzymes and bacteria to break down and eliminate grease, which leaves a protective coat of healthy bacteria as well to ward off bad bacteria. Oh, that's really smart. It's been a fun adventure because this is, again, orange peel but you can use any fruit peel you can, it's the one of the wonderful things oh, about this I is see. it's food scraps enzymes from food scraps oh, okay and then you just put in water and sugar and then throw in some yeast and the yeast ferments through the sugar turns into alcohol which i guess helps extract terpenes and other things from the, mm-hmm. the peels i don't know how it's going to turn out i'm still waiting a few weeks for it to be completed but it's it's smelling pretty funky I'll oh tell God, you that much. I love much. this. I really. Yeah, And again, it can be really diluted for various okay. purposes, but it's mostly a disinfectant.
1: I am so interested. Well, I feel like I want to hear uh, follow-ups when you're done with this. That's when it's ready to use. Anyhow, that's so interesting.
0: But this is, you know, sort of a next level for me. I've been okay. making using my own products for a very, very long time. And for me, it came from allergies. I have fragrance sensitivities. And okay. every time I got, it. I got sick of you know, having to blow my nose incessantly every time I clean the house and just the horrible yes. itch. And I thought there's got to be an easier way to do this. So on my day to day, I really just use baking soda. Nice. And the baking soda has a few drops of the, you know, you mentioned some essential oils or antibacterial, yep. the cinnamon, pine, eucalyptus, peppermint, clove, tea tree. So and uh, we just put some essential oils in there so that it smells nice Smart. and with a little bit of water that'll scrub anything
1: yep it is the truth doesn't matter how greasy how
0: it just but and i have heard some people warn you know you have to be careful on some surfaces that it can scrape but i have not
1: encountered that yet those those flat top kitchen yeah cooking surfaces uh not so great for that i the
0: but I use it in the kitchen and in the bathroom. It's wonderful. And then once everything is scrubbed clean, just spray it. I used to use a water vinegar solution, but now I've upgraded. And the water vinegar solution also has alcohol and some essential oils, which smells a little better and is okay. antibacterial. So really easy to make and environmentally is, friendly.
1: Yeah. Let's put some recipes up on the, on the episode page for people. I'll, put sure. those, I'll send up the four thieves vinegar oh, great.
0: concentrate and I'll, I'll share the enzyme one
1: okay so uh i brought this one to the table and i i'm very excited to talk to you about the marie kondo approach to cleaning a kitchen Right? Yes. Obviously, Marie Kondo and the Kondo Mari method has taken over the world. Right. There's a television show. Everybody is refolding their socks and uh, attempting to spark joy. And I do <laughs> right? find she
0: has some useful advice. I think so, too. I've adopted certainly some of her folding techniques Me too. are surprisingly easy to execute and mm-hmm. really keep things. Nice and My sock compact. and underwear
1: drawers are outstanding now, thanks to her. And I just like, I can walk by and open it and feel really nice about all of it.
0: Uh, and so, uh, I don't know about this whole sparking joy thing that doesn't really resonate with me, but I, it's, yes. I think it's good to let things go for sure. Yes. Well, and I and love that, that spirit because yeah. we do tend to hold on to too many things.
1: And I feel like there is wisdom in enjoying the things that you have around you. Mm-hmm. Uh, And and look, I am a fan, right? I am a professed fan. I think she's lovely. And I I just imagine how dreamy her house looks. Um, But when I read this kitchen stuff, it was like one of the first times where I was like, nope, not going to work. Nope, not going to work. Definitely not. Not going to work. Right. One thing. And and so I have a few list of the things that I had really strong responses to. First is I need paper towels. Oh, paper towels and parchment paper are two single-use things that I have allowed myself to. I use versions that can be put in a compost bin, right? So the the bleaching and the, all that stuff is not there. But those are. I really work hard to reduce my waste, but paper towels and parchment paper in the kitchen are things that I are musts for me. The uh, the one thing that was really quite clear. I mean, two things actually that I thought of. One is uh, the the kitchens that she is. Uh, forecasting or attempting to lead us to is not a kitchen that works and functions it really got my back up. right mm-hmm. it's not um I dream about clutterless counters but I it's my the, the activity in the kitchen is too busy
0: yeah you uh, use for your that kitchen. To be a
1: kitchen I use my kitchen I have jars of experiments on the counter mm-hmm Of things that I'm playing around with and you know what I mean? And things that need to be out there because I need to have a visual on them every day to take a look and see what's happening or, you know, what's going on. Like
0: appliances I use every day. I use my toaster oven every morning. I'm not going to put it away in the cupboard once I'm done with it and then pull it out every morning. Because you
1: know what doesn't spark joy? Having to haul out an appliance every morning to make your damn toast. right? Nice one. (laughs) (laughs) It's not at all. It doesn't work. Uh, However, One of the things I loved was her 30% empty fridge. I struggled with that. For me, it works as the only person who lives here. Mm -hmm. um, It's actually a bit stressful for me when my fridge is packed because I don't know what's in there and I can't see everything that's in there. And for Mm -hmm. me, uh, uh, the whole rule of thumb in this entire apartment is if I can't see it, I may as well not have it. Okay. Right? It 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 just slips away from reality. Um, which is why most of my decoration is just with my stuff.
0: For me, I was not, I was not keen on that. I would rephrase that and say, keep an eye on jars and monitor expiry dates. Right. That I believe in. Cause that's the one. I just didn't subscribe to her idea that, it, that if you have too much food in your fridge, a lot of it will go bad. Yes. The, the jars will, but I, I eat a lot of vegetables. And when I do my grocery shop, the fridge is just full. Yep. And then, you know, it gradually empties as I get through the vegetables and then it's back to maybe the the fridge that she's envisioning. But if you like to eat fresh food and you like to shop, it's it's going to get full. And...
1: Well, the thing is, I think that the idea is that I, I actually, aside from my quarantine decisions, mm-hmm. I never do a mega weekly shop. The most mega one time shopping I do is at the farmer's market on Saturday morning.
0: Right. Which is probably right? a bunch of vegetables.
1: Uh, Yeah mostly a bunch of vegetables uh that is definitely it but the idea of I get actually really stressed out when my fridge is too full because for me that's I can't eat that fast enough Mm. right because I don't have I have jars for sure but I have a little fresh food and if there's that much fresh food it's more than one person can take down uh and waste is inevitable at that point for for me and I think it really it's important to know that it's one person versus two people things will change completely when another person
0: yeah. And the other thing that really bothered me was the uh the reducing the noise of the labels and the wording. Oh, you didn't
1: like that, huh? I was into that.
0: I feel like if it's in the cupboard, it's not causing any noise. And no, I don't, I I don't I understand think, yeah. how it'll be easier for me to tell my flour from my sugar from my salt if it's decanted in glass containers. I that's not That's just going to be more confusing to me. I rather, you know, I know what the sugar packet looks like. I know what the salt packet looks like. Mm. I'm happy. I'm a,
1: I'm a decanter mm. for sure. And I have jars with labels on them. I prefer to see a bunch of jars with things than than nucka nucka packages of things kicking around. That stresses me out.
0: Well, there you go. It sounds like there her advice works for some and not for others. Yep. And you can sort of pick and choose what works for you but yeah overall my the way that her perfect kitchen looks and feels just reminded me of people who uh, either don't cook a lot or cook but also don't do anything else (laughs) so they have tons of time to right like their life is is cooking and for someone who cooks and also lives I, I feel like she set the bar a little too high there Joshna, you did a little cleaning of your own, I hear? I did. I decided to tackle my
1: booze storage. Ah. Uh, Right? That Mm -hmm. is a thing. uh, that, And so I feel like I need to sort of be uh, clear about my booze consumption habits Mm -hmm. because the storage will reflect that. Uh, I enjoy drinking. The one key piece is that I do not drink by myself at home. Okay. Is there a reason for that? It just is not, I don't really enjoy it. For me, drinking is, is a social thing. It's a social, social thing, activity. Right? I, I mean, we did talk about this in a previous episode, and yeah. I I do I have gone to a pub by myself, mm-hmm. out by myself, but I will never drink by myself at home.
0: That's funny. For me, beer is the social beverage, and when I'm at home, I'll have uh, wine or a cocktail.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so, as a result, Tell I have me. booze that kicks around for a while. Fair enough. Right. Unless people come over or I have a Skype drink chat, which I did with my brother the other day. So uh, and I have a lot of booze that's here just for cooking. Yes. Right. But when I did this excavation of the cupboard, I discovered a lot of things. uh, And my question is, I do not know how much of it is good. How does like with with alcohol contents, my mm-hmm. instinct is to think that nothing ever goes bad. And it's just like crystallization of sugar and those sorts of things that you deal with. But I don't know what that I don't know what that really is.
0: Well, the truth is uh, that none of it will go bad. OK, even beer at the very low lowest range of the alcohol content will keep. It's just after a while, it's not going to taste green anymore. I would say right. the only thing in the booze spectrum that goes bad is something with, a, like a Bailey's or something that has cream in it. Yes, okay. Something like that will go bad. Okay,
1: um, so I have a few bits. Can mm-hmm. I ask
0: you questions about yeah, these things right. that I found?
1: Yep, that's uh, what I do. First is, I found Dry Vermouth. Yes, I think maybe I got excited. I don't know that it was actually martinis, but at one point, a cocktail that I made needed dry vermouth. Oh, risotto. That's what it is.
0: Nice. Uh,
1: I use dry vermouth when I, to deglaze the pan with the aromatics. That's what it is. Um, but I've literally dusted off a bottle today.
0: Mm. Okay, So if you're dusting off the bottle, that's probably something you should have kept in the fridge.
1: Okay. So
0: the general rule is anything that's under... 20%. So we're talking about your vermouths, your sherry's, uh, some Madeira's, that kind of thing. If it's something that you you're going to consume quickly, I mean, it's good. They're going to last a, a few months. Okay. then you can keep them out. But if it's something that you keep for the odd time you're making a martini or for when you're cooking, yep. you best to just keep them in the fridge because they do tend to turn more quickly and they develop some un- unpleasant, sweet, cloying flavors.
1: Okay. Um, and so these are things that have lower alcohol content. Yeah. Right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So then that would also go for my, I have dry and sweet Marcella wine. One for tiramisu, the other for chicken marsala, right? Yeah.
0: uh, You know, what makes spirits go bad is uh, higher temperature. Uh, The higher things going bad is a chemical reaction. So the higher the temperature, the faster the chemical reaction, the lower the temperature. So that's just a a general rule.
1: Okay. Oh, that's really helpful. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I have a six pack of beer that has been sitting at room temperature for like the past four months. What kind of beer? Steam whistle. Oh, so it's a
0: Pilsner. Yes. So that's probably not going to taste spectacular. It's still drinkable. Beer is really best kept in the fridge or if you have a cellar, like somewhere where the temperature is. Some coolness. Yes. Like below 13 degrees is ideal. If you have to store it at room oh, temperature, that's fine. Some people have the weird notion that once it's gone up to room temperature, it's bad to switch the temperature up and down. It's really not. I've heard this. That's not a thing? Okay. Not at all. You can probably put those in the fridge. They won't be as tasty as they were, but at the four-month mark, they're absolutely still drinkable. They okay. Be fine. That's yeah. amazing.
1: Okay, that's good to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then finally, what about, I've got whiskey and dark rum in the in delightfully uh, large volumes okay uh, and whiskey uh, things that i collect people bring them to me right um and dark rum i don't it's not an all the time thing so these, i've had bottles are around for a while what's the story
0: these higher spirits they generally will keep a lot better okay um but so i mentioned earlier that temperature is a huge factor in right. how uh spirits or pretty much anything ages the other big factor is uh, air exposure so if your bottle is uh, half empty you end up with like a much shorter shelf life than something that's almost full we're talking the difference between right i
1: got it okay five-year
0: shelf life and a two-year shelf life okay and this isn't you know it's not like it's again not going to go bad just the flavors are going to start
1: to turn right it's not toxic right so
0: i would say certainly if it's like a really nice scotch something that you want to sip on every once Mm -hmm. in a while then the the wisdom is to decant it into a smaller container so there's less oh that's smart okay thank you okay I'm very guilty of that because when I get to the end of my nice scotches, I don't want to quite finish it. And then no, I have a couple right, of bottles like, that have just a little bit on the bottom. That is going bad a lot more quickly.
1: Okay, and because of all the empty space in the bottle.
0: So, certainly, oh, if that's it's something, really good wisdom. Yeah, okay. If it's something you've spent a lot of money on, then you want to decant it to smaller bottles and you want to finish it within two years is the goal okay it will keep beyond that you just aren't going to get that same richness and intensity of flavor so you know if it's just a rum that you or even a whiskey that you bought and that you enjoy and it's not that expensive yeah 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 it'll be fine I wouldn't even worry about it but if it's fancy or nice just decant it in a smaller container keep it away from light and keep it away from extreme temperatures and you'll be fine
1: Oh, that's really useful. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, I have. There's, there's more. There's more life in my dusty boots cupboard than I thought there was. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Okay, thank you for that help. Uh, And I should maybe uh, speed up the drinking.
0: Thanks. (laughs) Give it a try. If you're enjoying our podcast, please support us at patreon.com slash hotplatepod. Hotplate is part of the Frequency Podcast Network. Please consider leaving us a rating or review. It helps others find us. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at HotplatePod, follow me at virology on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and follow Joshna at Joshna Maharaj on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Original music by Dave Bell. Hot Plate is produced by Mirella Amato, that's me, and Dennis Coyne. Thanks for listening.